morning. Amen. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Amen. So good to walk in this morning and hear the prayers of a church crying out to the Lord. Amen. It's praying before church that helps people to pray after the service. Amen. Right. Amen. That's good. Amen. And, uh, we are, uh, thank you, Pastor Camarina, for the invitation to preach today in this great, yes. powerful, wonderful, friendly, growing church. Amen. 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 It's so good to see that precious little baby girl that the Camarinas have. And the only problem I can see with that baby as of now, and it just looks like it's not being loved enough. <laughs> it looks like it's deprived of love. Amen. And uh, Sister Camarina walked in the door this morning and Notice she had lost quite a bit of weight with after that baby. Amen. And so I realized, you know, maybe I should have a baby. That was the whole life. Amen. Well, there's a lot of great pastors and pastors' wives in this world, but I don't know of any that have more of a love for God and passion for God and a love for people and a desire to see a church grow for the Lord than what you have right here, this wonderful pastor and their wife. And we mean that. We talk about y'all quite a bit, letting people know that's a growing church. That's a revival church. And I'm glad I'm part of it here today. And I tell you, if I lived anywhere in this area, this is where I would want to go to church, right here. Amen, amen. And, uh, let me get started here, but I heard here a while back. If you got your Bible, let's go ahead and turn and stand, if you would, uh, uh, to Mark chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 1. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1 today. And while you're turning, uh, I heard here uh, recently, I, I heard of a, um, uh, let me see here, let me get Mark chapter 1. I don't want to be behind you folks. Amen. But I heard of a, a, a church service that was going on, and the pastor uh, was a preaching away, and a man in the church, uh, he began to get bored by the preaching that was coming across the pulpit. So he just got up and walked out of the church service. He was done before the preacher ever finished preaching. And outside, one of his friends just happened to be walking by and said, uh, has the pastor finished preaching yet? And the man said, oh, yeah, he's finished, but he just won't stop. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so I hope that don't happen here today. But before I preach, I'm going to tell you the same thing that my sister told all five of her husbands. And that is, I'm not going to keep you long today. <laughs> Some of you may can relate to that. I don't know. Amen. Amen. I tell you, it's getting crowded in here. It really is. It's getting crowded in this building. Before long, we've got to take some walls out and do something different. Just walked in the next room and in the next room. And I just feel today that our God is able to work it out. Where you can own this building. You know what? Let's pray that right now. Let's ask God. God, just do it for us. Let's pray right now. God, we just want you to work it out. You can do it. We don't know how. We don't have no idea what would happen. It doesn't matter how, why, or when. But God, all we know is you are a God that has all things in our lives. God, you can do the impossible. Nothing is impossible. 
for you. We're here for this city. And we want you, God, to give this church a miracle. scriptures. Amen. Let's go. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Somebody say he preached the word. Preached the word. And verse 3, watch this. And they came unto him, bringing one what? Sick of the palsy. Say that again, one what? Sick of the palsy. Which was born of four, meaning that four men were carrying him on a cot. And verse 4, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press or because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the what? Sick of the palsy. The sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the who? Sick of the Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, blah, blah, blah. They was beginning to mock and make fun of the Lord and trying to talk about what he was doing and put him down. And so verse 9, we jump down. Jesus speaking here. He said, whether is it easier to say to the what? Sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. And uh, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to who? I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And the Bible says, Three hours later. Oh, I'm sorry. Amen. 30 minutes later. Oh, no, sir. Wait a minute. The Bible says immediately. He arose and took up the bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We've never seen it on this fashion. That's right. Amen. And I want to preach to you today something that is mentioned five times in this reading. I want to talk to you today about sick of the palsy. Somebody say sick of the palsy. Would you love me one more time? Pull whatever's in your hand down. Lift your hands again. Lift your heart. Lift your voices. Let me hear you one more time. Loud, loud, loud. Let's get our minds on him. Let's lift our Ask God to have his way. Ask God to anoint me. Ask God to anoint you. Ask God to have his way with everybody. Today, but the Bible says, starts off here, and it says that Jesus was.
was in the house. Something was drawing a crowd. And it wasn't a rock band. It wasn't a, a fortune teller. Right. Amen. It wasn't a country western singer. It wasn't a comedian. It wasn't a lecturer or a motivator. Amen. But the Bible said Jesus was the main attraction in that house. Amen. And when Jesus is the main attraction anywhere, good things are going to happen. And I am so thankful today to be rubbing shoulders with a pastor and a pastor's wife and a pastor's daughter and a pastor's daddy and family and a church house. Hallelujah. That has one thing in our mind. That is, it ain't about us. It ain't about the music. It ain't about the singing. It ain't about who's wearing what, who's doing what. But it's all about Jesus being the center of this church. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you, when he's in the house, miracles can happen. It didn't matter what Jesus was doing. When somebody had a need, they knew if I can get in his presence, everything's going to be all right. So, Pastor Camarina, 
they would bust in the door they would interrupt what was going on and begin to cry out to him or touch him or somehow they would try to get his attention and every time somebody did that Jesus would stop whatever he was doing he would shut the preaching down he would shut the message down and he would begin to meet their needs he would heal their diseases he would solve their problems he would fix their emergencies and I want you to know something about our God. Though everybody that interrupted him, they had a different approach and they had a different need. They were all different. Hallelujah. But the results were always the same. What are the results? They would come to him one way. Hallelujah. And they would leave another way. They did not leave like they came. Why? Because they were not politically correct or even necessarily necessarily uh, world correct uh, but they had one thing on my mind I don't care what he's doing I don't care what's going on where he's at if I get in his presence if I can somehow get his attention yes. hallelujah I'll be made whole yes. I'm sorry baby but you may not like me interrupting the service you may not want me coming to an altar you may not want me jumping up and screaming in the middle of a preaching yes. message but baby you don't have what I have you're not dealing with what I'm dealing with. Jacksonville, Florida, at the First United Pentecostal Church on 433 Druid Street, 32205, Pastor Will and Shirley Corrin. I remember going to that church, and I'd been praying for the Holy Ghost and didn't get it yet, but I remember that night, Pastor Camarina, the service started, but I didn't come to church that night to try to get what I needed from God. I came to get what I needed from God, and I remember the service started. They always, a big church, they started the choir off singing. They were worshiping, just getting into the service. I didn't feel 
like waiting for preaching. I didn't wait for no altar call. I started get there was no way to get out of the pew. I just and I was skinny, then I could do anything. I started climbing over, I started climbing over pews. And I and I began and I finally found an exit and got out, came up and threw my hands in the air. They probably thought, what's this guy doing? I knew what I was doing. God knew what I was doing. I might have interrupted them, but I didn't interrupt him. And it wasn't long. A few of them gathered around me. The Holy Ghost came down. That was over 39 years ago. He filled me. And I was talking in tongues. I'm going to tell you, you can cry, Lord. I don't care what you need today. I don't care what you're dealing with today. He's waiting. You don't have to have an appointment. You can step up in a time. Our God is ready to see you. Oh, somebody praise him. Some are bigger, some are smaller, but it don't matter how big or small. A need is a need. And whatever your need is today, you can leave different than what you walked in. Somebody can leave saying, I was blind, but now I see. I was bound, but now I'm free. I was an addict, but now I'm delivered. I was a drunkard, but now I'm sober. I was immoral, but now I'm pure. I was depressed, but now I'm happy. I was broken, but God fixed me. I was sick, but now I'm healed. I was empty, but it filled me up. I was a sinner, but I left for the Holy Ghost. I was backslidden, but now I'm back where I need to be with Jesus. I was just about to quit church, but now I have a change of heart. I was heading to hell, but now I'm heading to heaven. But Jesus put it on the rock. Hallelujah. My family was falling apart. But Jesus put it all back together again. Oh, somebody loved him. Somebody loved him. Somebody loved him. I was financially in trouble. But while I was in church reaching out to Jesus, the Lord was working out a financial blessing. And when I got home, he was waiting on me. I'm here to tell you, he's waiting for somebody to interrupt him. through the windows. Amen. Nobody else could get in if they tried. But the Bible says about the same setting in another scripture, another writer, same setting, and the power in Luke 5 and 17, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. In other words, everybody that had gathered in that house that day was standing outside, was looking through the window, his power was there and it was present to take care of every need yes. in that building. Yes. Amen. And his presence is here right now. I don't care if you're young or older or in between. I don't care how cute you are, how pretty you think you are, or how tough and macho and how you can handle everything yourself you think you are. Amen. His presence is yes. in this place. Yes. Amen. And the presence, his power is here. 
to heal, to fix, to put together everything in this house. But we do not read where anyone else in that house got a miracle that day. And when you read on, you find out because they were there to mock. They were there to ridicule. They were there to say, that sounds good, but I don't need that. Hallelujah. But we know there were needs there. But evidently, nobody else wanted it. Hallelujah. Come on. And I want to tell you today again, there's needs all through this house. You know what I love about God is the Bible talks about in the Old Testament when they were looking for a king. And they thought, surely this is the one, Eliab and all of Jesse's sons. But they said, and God said, no, this is not who I chose. And he said, you're looking on the outside, but I look on the inside. Now, a lot of people mess up there and they say, well, that means God don't care about the outside. What the outside looks like, that's not what it's saying. What it's saying is... You can only see the outside, but you can't see the inside of a person. But it's letting us know that not only does God see and care about the outside, he goes a step beyond you, and he sees and cares about what's going on on the inside. And I'm so glad that when we come to his presence, it don't matter how big of a smile we put on, how tough we try to act, and how cool, God sees beyond all that fakeness. Yes, he does. And he sees that broken heart. He sees those tears that nobody else sees. He sees that emptiness. And he has the power to take care of everything in this house. But just like it was in that house, there's meat needs here today. But not everybody wants their needs to be met. Not everybody really wants to change their life. A lot of times we want God to fix the circumstances but not fix us. And I'm going to tell you, if God don't fix you, if he fixes the circumstances before he fixes us, we're going to tear them up again. We're going to mess it up again. Because normally we're the one that made the mess to start with. But not everybody wants their lives changed. Not everybody wants to be healed. Their problems fixed. But I just got a feeling somebody does. Just like in our text, there was a whole house full of people that did not want him. But they did not stop somebody that did want him. While they were sitting there with their arms folded, showing how tough they were, how macho and how cool and how brazen they were and how cute and how important and how much pride they had to make anybody, let anybody know they needed help. Amen. While they were rejecting him and playing hard to get and resisting what he had for them, coming down on the road was four men carrying a man on a cot that was sick of the palsy. Who are these people? There's somebody that done heard in his presence miracles happen. In his presence diseases are healed. People are delivered. The dead comes to life. Demons are evicted. Broken hearts are mended. Marriages are healed. Minds are restored in his presence. And all that pot was a man that had his mind made up. If Jesus can do that for anybody else, here's somebody right here that he can do it for me also. Hallelujah. Y'all may not want what he has, but I do. And y'all ain't stopping me from getting in his presence. Oh, I wish somebody would 
sick if you want to stay sick. You can stay down by addiction. You can stay hooked on drugs. You can stay hooked on alcohol. You can stay hooked on cigarettes if you want to. But I've got a chance to be set free. condition and it's also not only does the brain want it to move and it can't but it's also accompanied by involuntary movement or tremors so not only does this paralysis or palsy or being paralyzed is what it is keep the person from doing what it wants to do it also causes the body to move and do things it does not want to do in other words, you can't do what you want to do, but you do things you don't want to do. You can't be what you want to be, but you find yourself continually being what you don't want to be. And that's the same way sin does. And addictions. And habits. If I can just take this one more drink, smoke one more joint, pop one more pill, have one more affair, have one more, if I can just do it one more time, the devil lies to you and says, there, you'll be satisfied. But I want to tell somebody, and I've got some witnesses here right now. You know sin does not ever satisfy you. It lies to you, but it don't satisfy you. You go ahead and do it, and then you want more. 
of sin. Hallelujah. It paralyzes you. And it causes you to end up to where you cannot even do what you really want to do. You can't be what you want to be. And you find yourself doing what you don't want to do. And you're being what you don't want to be. And here we go. Watch this. I want to help you today. The Bible does not just tell us his condition. That he has palsy. But the Bible tells us his attitude about his condition. It does not say five times we read it each time the same. It does not say he was sick with palsy. But it says he was sick of the palsy. Amen. And there is a difference. Because when you get sick of something, that means you're weary with it. Hallelujah. You're tired of it. You can't take it no more. It's got to stop. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, this man realized, I've got palsy. I cannot do what I want to do. I'm doing things I don't want to do. Hallelujah. But just acknowledge, watch this, just acknowledging the fact that he has palsy, that did not bring him healing. But baby, when he got sick of it, when he got tired of it, when he reached a place, I can't take this no more. I'm going to tell you, deliverance was on the way. Oh, somebody praise him. He was sick of the palsy. In other words, I'm sick of this sickness. I'm sick of being bound. I'm sick of this problem. I'm sick of not being able to get up and walk. I'm sick of not being able to move. I'm sick of not being able to go forward. I'm tired of being right here all the time. I'm tired of not being able to do what I want. If somebody praise me. Somebody love him right now. Somebody praise me. Sick of it. 
Are you with me today? By doing something about it. Amen. And just realizing and acknowledging today that you have a problem with sin. Or you got a problem with alcohol or drugs or prescription pain pills, cigarettes, lust, pornography, adultery, fornication. You got a problem with homosexuality, lesbianism, rebellion. Maybe there's a weakness. You got a problem with anger. Just, just realizing that ain't enough. You got a problem with lying and gambling and stealing. Hallelujah. Just realizing you're empty and cold and backslidden. That's not going to bring deliverance. But when you get sick of it, hallelujah, deliverance is coming. The sicker of it you get, the quicker the healing comes. Hallelujah. Also, just being sick of it is not enough either. Not only you got to be sick of what you're doing, but you got to be hungry and thirsty for God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's what this man was. I'm not just sick of this palsy, but I got, I'm hungry to get in his presence. And when they arrived, the house was packed. Nobody could squeeze through, and they could have got discouraged and went home. But somebody saw a stairway to the top of the roof. And they made up their mind, we didn't come here to go home like we came. Yeah. We didn't come to leave without our miracle. I didn't come to watch others get what they need only. I came to get my miracle. Amen. And so they went to the top of the roof, and the Bible said they tore a hole out, a big yeah. old hole. What was they doing? They was interrupting what was going on. People were looking at them like, what's going on? It didn't bother Jesus. He knew what was happening. He saw them coming down the road. And they interrupted the service. They didn't just get to where Jesus was like we are here right now. They got his attention. He specializes in helping people. Jesus specializes in helping people that are sick of sin, sick of their problems, sick of their addictions. He can't help you until you are sick of it. That's why the Bible says they that are whole. They don't need a physician, but they that are sick. You get sick of it, he's ready to help you. Yes. Are you with me today? Amen. When you get sick of your problem, listen, you don't care what anybody else thinks. You don't care what anybody says. You ain't worried about the crowds. You ain't worried about those you work with. You ain't worried about your family members. You ain't worried about your neighbors. All you got on your mind is I must get to Jesus and be healed, delivered, and changed. Amen. <clears throat> what was the key to their determination? What was the key to their driving force behind their actions? It's found. The Bible, what, what, was, what was it that got their healing? The Bible says, as we read, and they brought one sick of the palsy, and when Jesus saw their faith, faith, when he saw their desperate actions, right. when he saw that they were doing whatever it took yeah. to get delivered, they showed they were not just saying they were sick of the palsy, amen, but they, with their mouth, but they were showing it with their actions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> without actions, backing up your words, you'll accomplish nothing. Faith without works. Right. Your mouth, your voice without action accomplishes nothing. Uh-huh. Action on your part is what activates God's power. Would you yeah. love it right now? 
Would you talk to him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me close with this. For the cots, what is faith? Faith is simply doing all that you can. And then when you reach your limit, you trust God to do what you cannot do. God, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, there's some bondages, some habits, some addictions, some lusts. That are not going to change until you're willing to do whatever it takes. Are you with me? Before God will deliver you, you've got to be willing to do whatever it takes to get your deliverance. Some things ain't going to change, listen, until you walk away from whatever, whoever you got to walk away from. Some things ain't going to change until so you get rid of whatever you got to get rid of and stop doing whatever you got to stop doing. You may have to get away from those that don't want to go to Jesus. You can't keep hanging with those that are going in the other direction if you want to be different. Hallelujah. 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 you got to make up your mind. I'm no longer following the crowd. I'm going to follow the cloud. Hallelujah. Deliverance is not in the crowd. It's in the cloud. Hallelujah. Oh, are you with me here today? you got to turn your back on wherever you are, where you've been, where you're heading, what you're doing. The Bible says, when he saw their faith, the Bible says, he said, I forgive you. And immediately, he said, arise and take up your bed and walk. Immediately, everybody say immediately. He took up his bed and walked. When he got sick of the palsy, he did what it took to get to Jesus, and he showed Jesus, I'm ready for a change. But watch this. He was forgiven. He was healed, delivered, set free from that which he was sick of. The miracle only took a moment to do. But the process of getting to his presence took longer than the miracle did. It took longer to tear the roof off than it did for God to heal him. Let me tell you something. We waste a lot of time. We procrastinate. We use all kind of excuses. God don't waste time. When we're ready, he's ready. Right. Right. In closing today, is there anybody here today that's, you can, every head bow, please. Care if you close your eyes or not. But is there anybody here today, you're sick of being bound by cigarettes, Whiskey, alcohol, drugs, marijuana, pornography, always broke, can't keep a job. Anybody sick of what you're dealing with, going through, struggling with, bound by? Is there anybody here today that's tired and sick of dealing with anger and hatred and jealousy, depression, negativity? Is there anybody sick today of having all these financial problems? marital problems, trouble with your kids, family problems, depression. Church, is anybody here today, are you sick of not having a prayer life? Are you sick of always saying, I'm going to worship, but I never do? Not feeling God, never growing in God, always defeated, spiritually weak. Is anybody here sick of not having the Holy Ghost? 
Anybody sick of being backslidden, coming to church, service after service after service, being in the presence of God, hearing this preacher preach, your good pastor, and leaving backslidden, always having good intentions but never follow through? Is there anybody here sick of not having peace and joy and happiness? Let's stand to our feet today. Is there anybody here that's sick of not having the fire you used to have, the power? Is there anybody here today that's sick of coming to the altar, service after service, and praying, but never praying through, and not talking in Holy Ghost tongues, or you do pray through? Are you sick of praying through in a service and losing it before you get home? Or by the next day, is anybody ready to do whatever it takes to get what you need? My question is, is anybody sick enough to do what you need to do to do it? Get it. Somebody needs to make up your mind today. I'm getting my deliverance today. I may have crawled in, but I'm walking out. Hallelujah. I'm ready to do whatever changes I need to make. I'm ready to, to let go of whatever I need to let go of. Somebody love him right now. I'm ready to get rid of whatever I need to get rid of. I am ready to cut off whoever I need to cut off. I'm ready to quit hanging around with whoever I need to quit hanging around with. Ready to quit doing whatever I need to quit doing. I need my miracle. I need deliverance. I'm ready for healing. I'm ready for victory. I'm ready for the sun to shine again. I wish somebody would lift your hands. God, I'm ready to get my joy back. I'm ready to get my peace back. I want to get my power back. I want to get my prayer life back. I want the anointing back. I want to get my self-worth back. I want that close walk again. I want to be dedicated again. God, I'm ready to start dancing and shouting again. I need my smile. Oh, somebody love him right now. Somebody love him right now. Somebody, somebody, I wish you would wave your hands and say, God, I'm tired of a hallelujah yesterday ruining my tomorrow. I've got to get deliverance today.
wish everybody right now under the sound of my voice don't feel forced and we're not going to trick you but I wish everybody that's physically able to move would come up front stand up here in the front everybody out of the pew seats if you got family no, just, yeah, there you go. if you got family members husbands and wives I don't care if you come to church and she don't or I'll take on that if you got family, you got children if you got family, come up here together come up here together, husband and wife mom and dad, children if you're by yourself and there's others by their self, connect with them, nobody left out come on up if you would please just, just cry. come on out of those seats Just there's room over here, let's, let's pack it up here come on out of that pew you in the middle there, sister, y'all come on up here you in the middle, come on up on everybody just, just make your way up here let God minister right now and here's what I want you to do, I want you to take the hand of that loved one that husband, that wife, that mama, that dad, that brother, that sister, that sister of the Lord, that brother of the Lord, sister and sister, brother to brother. And I want you to lift those hands. And as my wife begins to sing, what I want you to do is just from your heart, don't you dare do it because I tell you to. That won't mean nothing, but do it from your heart. And let God know, I need you. Your presence is here. And I don't want you leaving here without giving you what I need. I don't want to reject you. Here I am, Lord. I'm surrendering it all to you. Let you lift your hands right now as a, as a family, as a friend, as a brother. Lift your hands and let's sing, Sister Carson.
I want to do before we turn this back to a wonderful pastor. If you're a single young person, teenager, I don't care if you go here or not, first time, come up here on this platform with me. If you're a single teenager, come up here with me right now. today. It sounds crazy, but I want to show you something. If you go on that side right over there, I don't think they'll bite you too bad. Good looking group. What's your name, buddy? Elijah. How old are you, Elijah? Are you married? <laughs> How many girlfriends you got? A hundred? Ninety? Good looking. Good looking. Young ladies, good looking young men here. Watch this. I want you to do this with me. I just want you to pretend in your mind that behind you right now is a cop car with blue lights on and a cop with his gun out and he's saying, hands up. I want you to put your hands up. Show me. Come on. Show me. Show me. Come on. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Come on. Get shot. You ain't going to get a girlfriend. You get shot. Just do what they say. You won't get shot. Anyway, put your hands up high. Put your hands up high. We don't see your hands. Okay. Now watch this. Now. They think you're more of a threat to them. Now put your hands behind you like you got chains on them or handcuffs. Watch this, watch this. I'm going to tell you a cure that this will never happen in your life. If you'll come to church like we are today, watch this, do what I'm doing right now. Lift your hands. Now help me now. I, want you, I know you young folks can do anything. Y'all are tough. I want y'all with this old ugly fat preacher. I want you to say, Jesus I love you. Let me hear you right now. Say that loud. Say that loud. Come on. Jesus, I love you. One more. Jesus, I need you. Say it again. Jesus, I love you. Let me hear you. Jesus, I love you. Let me say it the loudest. Come on. Say that. If you'll learn to do this, you'll never have a cop car behind you with your hands up. You'll never be in handcuffs. God will take care of you. The Holy Ghost. Somebody. Let's show them what they need to do. Let's all show them. Let's everybody show everybody.